Okay, so welcome to Reads and Weeds. I'm Shelly Smith. It's still the pandemic. The governor mm -hmm. just announced um, today, says Stacy, that the sh our quarantine lasts until May 28th now. Um, so today is 5 7. <laughs> yes, and today mm -hmm. is May 7th. Oh my gosh, yes. And uh, so things are still really weird, but. Um, I'm really excited because I think you and I talked about this way back, like maybe even before Christmas or in January, we saw each other. Stacy's this is Stacy's first show. Mm -hmm. Woo! Yay. Well, and uh, Claire's yeah. back. Claire's back. Hey. Lauren's back. Lauren's hey. back. Hey. With by far uh, the coolest background. <laughs> I think. I'm always really impressed. She looks super official with all that stuff behind you. Um, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Set dressing. It's yeah, all set it's dressing. A, yeah, it looks great. It's working. Um, oh, so oh speaking have, of which. Oh, look at you. You've got that. I've got this. Um, so what we do on Reads and Weeds is... We talk about cannabis, we smoke cannabis, we read books. Somebody, a friend of mine who's a business coach that coaches someone whose podcast and blog is her business. It's like her livelihood. And she asked me, like, is that what you're trying to do? Is that what you're, is that why you're doing it? I'm like, well, I've done about 40 episodes. Mm -hmm. And the point for me, and I repeat this a lot on the show so people will understand. The point for me is I wanted more small group intentional conversations and I realized that was hard to schedule with people mm. can we get together in a small group and have an intentional conversation mm. and uh, this was a way to really do that so it's been freaking lifeline even with a lot of technical difficulties mm -hmm. over the last four or five okay. weeks it's been a lifeline like mm. something to read something to plan, people to reach out to, something to talk about that's not conspiracy theory or mm -hmm. who's doing right and who's doing wrong and all that. And God, I'm so grateful that you guys are here. This is um, but one of the things I wanted to say about Stacey Simpson Duke, um, why I'm so excited that she's, first of all, Stacey um, introduced me to this book she suggested it and then we just kept trying to schedule mm -hmm. for the last five months or something mm -hmm. uh when we met we were in an improv class together at pointless mm -hmm. and having a great time i came in on a class that was a kind of already established and they were this super cool group of people to just mesh with immediately i didn't feel like oh i don't belong in this group you know there was and so I met her and she was wonderful. Then I realized she was a fantastic writer because she writes updates about her um, cancer treatments mm -hmm. and that entire journey. And she's an excellent writer and you can find a lot of Thank that on you. Facebook. And also she is the co-pastor of the Ann Arbor First Baptist Church. And I think you might be our first pastor mm -hmm. who's been on Reads and Weeds. Mm -hmm. and I love all of that. And I, and like knowing all of that when you suggested this book. Um, and I don't remember, even remember, I just trusted you. I was like, okay, I'll get it. Fine. Right, let's do it. But tell me why, like, I think you read it last year, but to, or you, you were reading it when we talked 
script or something. Mm-hmm. So tell me, uh, why why did you want to discuss this one? Um, so I I did. I read this in September, and I read it. There was like a whole series of books in a. There were not a whole series, but. I read maybe three or four books in a row that were all like really, really good, uh, like literary fiction type novels. Um, and this one, I mean, you and I had the conversation right at, like not, not long, I feel like after I um, had had all of these in my head at, kind of at the same time, this one just um, like, just stayed with me. And, uh, you know, I've been a little nervous about trying to talk about it today, knowing that I actually read it in September mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because I didn't have time to like reread it though. I flipped back through, but then as I started thinking about it, I was like, I, it's not, it's not the kind of book where I have to have like, Oh, if you turn to page 43 and read so-and-so's mm-hmm. diatribe, you'll understand the key to the book. It's more just like this story, just the, the, the story itself stayed with me, especially the fact that it was based in a, an actual mm-hmm. true story. Um, but the fact that it was, that it is a um, female based story that is driven by females telling their stories yeah. <laughs> just to me was so powerful. I just, I just have, um, yeah. So that was it, it. And of course, obviously it, it connects to my own interests in religion and theology and, mm-hmm. um, community, but also I, um, I spent a summer in college living in Bolivia and really yes <laughs> that's crazy oh my gosh yeah. this is a real story that happened in Bolivia like yeah. just so people know yeah yeah <laughs> right right um and when we would be on like trains and buses and stuff we would see I mean you're like like I was a white person from the U.S. surrounded by Bolivian people Mm-hmm. except when we were out on some public transportation, we would see these small groups of white people, very fair, like blonde white people. And eventually I learned that they were Mennonites. Um, and so I was, uh, and they spoke German or whatever, you know, it, like, like in the book, it's like a low form of German. Um, but there was yeah. like a really good cheese that we would eat down there. Uh, in Bolivia and it was called Mennonite cheese (laughs) question what like during what time period did folks like that move to Bolivia it's a really interesting historical question yeah I looked I did the research too they were in oh oh you mean they had been there a long time or they were there just starting in like the 2000s or what no Lauren what I'm trying to remember Lauren you said you research. Well, hey, I, would well, I just got to remind myself. Yeah. yeah. While you guys are, while you guys are doing that. So women talking is, um, an, a fictional, but based in true events novel by Miriam Toes, I think is how you say her name, Towels or Toes. And 
it is it is um, based off actual events that happened in a Mennonite colony in Bolivia, where women were were attacked in the night. They were um, women sedated. And, and young women girls. and children. I'm I'm getting us back on the train because I just <laughs> saw what you what you sent in the chat. Um, yeah. And North German people who came to South America from 1927 onwards. So, wow. Yeah. And it had to do with the Russian stuff, stuff, right? long time ago but it's it having to do with the what stuff so it has a lot to, so it's very similar to like jewish migration where it was pers- religious okay. persecution issues so they were um, in originally. russia mm-hmm. okay. that's exactly right yeah uh, yeah it's so, an interesting uh, migration uh, mm. so even so it started yeah, so yeah. this book takes place. So so an interesting thing, Stacy, because Stacy mm-hmm. wasn't on this little text chat, because because Lauren and Claire and my friend Chris were on this text chat because they're they're on a bunch of reads and we shows. And this book was triggering, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna talk mm-hmm. about sexual a lot of sexual abuse and, and small children, like when mm-hmm. we started it. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm plowing through the book, I'm realizing like that's already happened. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot. Not there's really about it's that. not what it's mm-hmm. really yeah. about, right? It's about mm-hmm. women making decisions in the aftermath of that. But but mm-hmm. the thing is, is and and we'll go into this because I just kept thinking like trauma is trauma is trauma, and the mm-hmm. level yeah. and your reaction to it and all of that is kind of what this book made me think mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But when, when we were talking about the book, Lauren was just kind of very thoughtful and said, hey, should we maybe talk about how this could be triggering or traumatizing? We mm. had a little text discussion about it. And as I got into it, I said, you know, I've been a victim, but I do not feel traumatized by this because in my opinion, this book is about like these super strong women who are just humans making a decision, you mm-hmm. know, and, and all the grief and everything, the anger is, is, is fueling this discussion. But I was more interested in like the, their humanity, just like mm-hmm. teenagers are teenagers mm-hmm. and people have crushes and people have a smoking habit and people have, you know, and the story an is anger problem or, yeah. an anger problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the degree, it's, it's about degrees and it's about, mm-hmm. um, it's so, so I was fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was curious from you when you read this, when you read something about like an extreme, cause I don't know much about the congregation. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's in the middle of Ann Arbor. It's a little bit of a progressive version mm-hmm. of a Baptist church. Right. Mm-hmm. And I grew up Baptist. Okay. And but now I'm with Blue Ocean, and that's very oh, progressive. Cool. You know Blue yes, Ocean, of course. Yay! Uh, yeah, we're probably buddies. Yeah, <laughs> Blue yeah, Ocean yeah. and our first yes, buddies. Yes, yes. yes. Yay! And cool. so um, I was wondering how, when you read a book like this about, about some extreme religious, mm-hmm. you know, pressures, how does that hit you? I've always mm. wondered, does it hit you different as a pastor? Mm. Oh man, great question. And there's a lot in there. Um, I don't know if it hits me different as a pastor. Um, I, well, let me set that up aside for a, a minute. I think um, it's so easy to read uh, to read something like this and see it as, um, so this is kind of, and it, it's an extremely 
insulated community with an extremely uh, overt hierarchy, patriarchy. It's like there, it's, it's, there's, there's no subtlety about it. Um, and the, the, um, the sexual assaults that happen, there's no subtlety about that either. There's like no question that what has happened is horrible, traumatic, wrong. And so I, yeah. Okay. I I just, I just wanted to mention, so we should put it, yeah, a big trigger warning because this could be a punch, a potentially, you know, very triggering people. Mm -hmm. And I, um, but I think like, it's not just that the assault, like it's an extreme patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's that these women were particularly manipulated and gaslit. Mm-hmm. They were being drugged for months and months and months mm-hmm. and told that they were being punished mm-hmm. by the devil or a, you know ghost demons. Right. Um, while in fact they were, you know, there was very brutal assault of even children, you know, mm-hmm. as young as like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I know that it's always nice to like gleam on to like the positive sides, but like, there's some really tough stuff in here. That's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, it's so very, pe- it, and I, and I think it's interesting the perspectives that we have too, because it, you could very easily be triggered with PTSD and you see mm-hmm. that throughout the book and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I just yeah. want to make that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So if, you, if you're so, thinking about reading this book, mm-hmm. something to understand is that the book is set in a barn with, after the attacks have happened, that is like hanging. That is the setup. The men have been caught. They have been taken to the next city. Well, first of all, they decided they were going to take the men who had been caught that were doing this act of, of, of sedating women and attacking them for years. The women caught them a couple of specific times and they realized that the women were going to murder them and they, they tried to keep them themselves and they realized like they, we have to move these men out so they'll be safe mm-hmm. and then let the police deal with them. The Mennonite mm-hmm. community has their own, they do all their own policing mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all that. So they, they re- rarely interact with the out- outside kind of system of policing. And while those men are gone, the women, the setup of pretty much this entire book is women in a barn trying to decide what to do in the aftermath of, of these attacks. Mm-hmm. And they, they, and it's two basically families of women, mothers and daughters, who have all been involved in these attacks, trying to decide if they will stay, if they will stay and fight, if they will go. Um, and they can't read or write. Mm-hmm. And there's a man who was in the colony as a child and was kicked out of the colony with his parents. And um, he is taking the minutes because the women can't read or write. And it's very interesting how this kind of bookends this story of, of August and why he's mm-hmm. taking the minutes. At first you see it as like, oh, I'm the teacher. I can read and write. Mm-hmm. But then you understand at the end that it has more to do with Ona kind of saving his life a little yeah. bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I find that very fascinating um, because you, you're kind of looking at it through his, mm-hmm. him, him just taking the minutes of this mm-hmm. conversation these mm-hmm. women are having through that. We see the things that I would really like to talk about. I want to say this conversation. The, yeah. The reason they're able to like meet and have this, like these two days of conversation yes. is because yes. the men in the community have gone to, to get the attackers right 
and post bail, hopefully. And post bail and Try bring them home. Bail. And the idea is that the women are supposed to forgive the men. Yes. <laughs> they have they to don't, all the will not go to heaven. Right. They yeah. don't, that's right. If they don't, that, they that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have come together for two days while the men are gone to figure out what they're going to do when the men yes. come back. Or they've got three options. They're going to, yeah. one is don't do anything. One is stay and fight. And one is to leave. To leave. So, yeah. And fight so, to have equal footing, right? Like yeah. to have yeah. respect. Well, and I think the fight picture in the categories, like what option one, mm-hmm. two, three, the fight is like fight. Like, I mean, it's, it's oh, like they're going to murder them. They're, they're going to <laughs> yeah. murder them. Yeah. That LMA, right? Up. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The names, I mean, some of the names mm-hmm. I really wanted to look up too. Um, because they were they were also different. I mean, they're somewhat mm-hmm. like modern, more modern names. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway, yeah, Salome, you're just like, ooh, that's that from the Bible, cool? right? Mm-hmm. I'm not Christian, uh, so I know I just want to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Claire, what was your first take on this? Um, I mean, I guess I, I I appreciate you the tr- the taking time to do the trigger warning, uh, Lauren, because I know I said it's not really about that, and like I think for me, what's like part of why I kind of say that it's like it, it's it doesn't I don't know like the the attacks are not like for me to to say I would you know let someone know like oh it's about this but. It it wasn't like I was expecting something graphic when someone tells mm. me it's like a trigger warning. That's kind of why I was like, well, it's not like there are these um, detailed descriptions of something happening. So um, for me, I was like, oh, I was expecting something worse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at the same time, as I'm thinking about it, like it's almost. Like, even if you haven't been, uh, you know, violently sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. just like you said, Shelly, um, I think that the the larger premise of being manipulated and being told that you're crazy, right, the NARFA, mm-hmm. um, which was one of these characters, has basically it's nervosa nervousness, which women have historically mm-hmm. been diagnosed with to basically say, oh, you're crazy, nothing you say is legitimate mm-hmm. and being or you won't conform mm-hmm. right. right exactly and, and it's mm-hmm. right and not just women who maybe are a, a little emotional but women who uh historically were um you know rebellious quote mm-hmm. unquote right mm-hmm. and probably because they were speaking up for themselves mm-hmm. um but within the patriarchy so um mm-hmm. at any rate what what i was just kind of like going through in my head that actually in a lot of ways, it could be triggering in a in a symbolic way mm. because we are currently so trapped, mm-hmm. you know. And basically, mm-hmm. oh, that's yeah, you know. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah, God. like actually, even if even if we're not talking about the specifics of mm-hmm. what uh, of the act, which aren't actually, I mean, there are a few things mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, I wouldn't give this to a thirteen-year-old, you know, but mm-hmm. it's right. Not, it's yeah. not yeah. super graphic, yeah. but at any rate, it, it like my, my point is just that it, it's, and I think that's also the point of the book is that it, 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 
it's meant to be applied mm-hmm. or it's able to be applied to things large and small and kind of is a commentary on on patriarchy in general mm-hmm. and yes like, oh. women's condition you know yeah. and so I'm just oh like god. oh my god actually I yeah. do feel like like trapped all the time and right yeah and so yeah right. sure. oh no I yeah, yeah. no I, I just wanted to say like Here's, so I will be very, very, very honest, like from, and I'll say it's triggering because I was a survivor of child sexual mm-hmm. assault. So mm-hmm. that is, it's okay. I'm, I'm actually like super in therapy and I have been mm-hmm. for a while, but I, I will say like that, the idea that trauma can be incredibly vague and it's just feelings or it's out, outbursts oh, yeah. of mm-hmm. anger or like, you know, some of those different things. Mm-hmm. I think it can be triggering if you're not in the space to deal mm-hmm. with some of that stuff, especially if you are, have an understanding of the story itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I did my research and I thought, oh, it's a real story. So I, that's all I want to say. Like, that's mm-hmm. my yeah. experience. And, and, and I know, um, you know, in sharing it with other folks, even it can be triggering like for a variety of reasons. I would just rather people, cause it's, it's a very personal thing and I'd rather no, just I'm, see it. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. all you're saying is true. There's other themes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I gleamed onto very particular details because of my experiences. I would of say. Of course. Yeah, of course. So and can I say, when we talk about Narfa through the whole book, were you just going, isn't Ona really wise? Isn't she mm-hmm. smart? And, and well, that's, like, yeah. what is the deal? And so, so like, to conform. right. And so I kept picturing, like I went back, so I read the book kind of like I was, I had almost finished it twice in mm. the last two weeks. I just read it and then immediately mm. started reading it again. And because one of the things was like, wait, where did August come from? Wait, what was mm. Narfa? What do they keep? Mm-hmm. Who are the sisters? And I went back and kind of like mapped it all out for myself because that ended up mattering so much. Like I mm-hmm. forgot that August was kicked out. August is the minutes taker, uh, reads and weeds listener. So August mm-hmm. is the, kind of the narrator. He's a, uh, so, so this is a very like brutal patriarchal society these women are in. So this man, August, is is kind of in stark contrast because he was a young boy in this community and his parents and him were kicked out when he was about 12. Um, so he knew that some of these ladies as he was growing up and he was kind of in love with Ona in mm-hmm. his little 12 year old nervous way. And then his family was kicked out of the um, colony mm-hmm. and he thought it was because he stole pears and then, but he didn't realize that his parents were basically distributing propaganda, which mm-hmm. was basically they were trying to educate the col- mm-hmm. the uh, their, their the women the women. Mm-hmm. And Ona, who's one of the women in the room trying to make a decision, uh, was there, and she was taught by his mother. Mm-hmm. And and at times she's quoting, I just. I thought so many times Ona just said the smartest thing in the room Mm -hmm. and it was immediately met with, shut up, you have Narfa. Mm -hmm. And it was so confusing. It was like, oh, okay, well, she probably does sound dreamy and flighty and they feel really like practical and fierce. And she's just kind of like, oh, but I just believe this big. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Am I the only one that feels this way about Ona? No, I thought she was the, I mean, she carries the wisdom to me. Of the, she carries wisdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's and well, narf- and they're yeah. all they're all like I I I don't know where it probably is on like the back cover or whatever. Somewhere I read it described as a Greek very much so so. for me in my head it's just like every single every single character is representative of Mm. you know some larger Mm -hmm. idea or a character Mm. some kind of archetype Mm -hmm. um so I think that was really helpful for me in reading it too Mm -hmm. and um that that it's you know, you, for, I, I, I was able to like really visualize it in that, in that kind mm-hmm. of way of like a chorus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then here's, here's the one character who kind of, you know, um, wrangles all of this and is somewhat of a right. So he's, um, he's not really a full man, but he's not a mm-hmm. woman. He's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. So because mm-hmm. he's said to be effeminate because he left the colony and he doesn't know how to like farm, um, farm properly. He's not, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. that's, so he kind of has that role, which again is, you know, the, the character that's, that's, in a liminal state that's mm-hmm. in between, whether it's mm-hmm. with like gender or sexuality mm-hmm. or, yes, um, you know, then the liminality of like the boys who are like, what, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, right. or 13 and 14 who aren't officially men, mm-hmm. like what to do with that. Mm-hmm. So there's all these um, debates that, like I just reiterated so many. before, that it's I symbolic and yeah. that it's, yeah. I just need to say that you guys make me want to have much cooler glasses. <laughs> I was just like, look at how cool they look. They all look really cool. Is it the lighting? No, I think it's because they have on super cool glasses. Yeah, look at how, look at Claire. She looks so, look, look when I read it, she's like, I love those. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but in Zoom, it's a hot tip. There's a way that you can actually, um, you can like have it like beautify yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, oh. yeah, it can stop. Like you can put like a filter touching. Myself. Yeah, I have I have right. mine on like ten times. Can you guys tell? It's on yeah. like I'm super. Sit by the window. It's like I'm on I'm on super booster, super booster beauty <laughs> filter. Super. Not super. really. Um. Mm-hmm. So here's something about the filter. This is all coming through. So, uh, people on our little text chat. My friend Chris, who decided not to come on because she didn't finish it. She was and she was just kind of like, ah, I can't get through this book right now. I've been sick and all this. And we're like, don't worry about it. You know, it's fine. She's whatever. Um, but she was curious about the male, uh, narrative and, and, and so, so what to know about August, who's a narrator is that, um, his family's uh, left colony. He ended up going, um, to England. He ended up going to prison. He got a teaching degree in prison. And as he's telling his story, you're realizing he was basically like a child of revolutionaries Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he did not quite get he does not he he says this thing very early on that's just wonderful he says the truth is i don't have a catchy method of conversing and yet unfortunately suffer on a minute-to-minute basis the agony of unexpressed thought Mm -hmm. so he says that near the beginning when he says something kind of stuttery to Anna. And then for the rest of the time, he's up there taking the minutes and every once in a while, he'll blurt out something that you're just kind of like, 
that was a weird choice, Doggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you realize that he did that in prison. You realize mm-hmm. that he did that. He's that's who he is, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's been through this. This he's been through his own trauma. He's got his whole mm-hmm. own trauma backstory. <laughs> and then he meets this librarian. He's going to go try to kill himself, I think. And he meets a librarian. And he starts talking to her. Um, and he describes his community as being like, we're separate from the world. And we exist, we, we don't, we're not supposed to exist in this world. We're a world within a world and we don't exist in this world. And then he gets, and then you realize that that's his trauma. He's like, he doesn't feel forgiven. And the librarian says something to him like, don't you just need to be forgiven generally? Like just for the audacity of living, right? Remember that conversation where the librarian just gets it? And she says, why don't you try to go back to your community? And so he does, and he kind of makes the deal to be the teacher. And um, he's having a hard time. He's walking across the field. We'll get back to that later. He meets Ona. He ends up taking the minutes. The rest of the time, the women are in kind of a bait, a debate, when to leave or not leave. Mm-hmm. What what is the point of it? Um, should they come up with some sort of new way of being? And Oh my gosh. So let's get into that. Well, before we do that, I want to talk about this. Yes, go ahead. Because I want to talk about forgiveness. I want to talk about forgiveness. And what were you going to say? No, I I think I was just looking, I was clear to your point about the the Greek tragedies elements. Mm -hmm. Like you're absolutely right. That's why it felt so engaging and familiar to me. I used to love that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, you know, Oedipus Rex, all of that stuff. And it was like, you know, uh, the three rules. It has a unity of place, time, and action, and it takes place in one location. Mm. And yeah. to me, I, I think that August is a tragic hero in a way, um, mm-hmm. whether you like him or not, right? But he is very. It's very, very similar to me. I put that in the chat because throughout the, he basically has created his own devastation by the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea. Yeah that he is helping and, you know, he's called the half man. Like he's not mm-hmm. identified as, as a man in the community and he's has been in the outside world and to bring wisdom. Right. But he can't part. He's not going to be able to be with any of the people that he cares. Right. For. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lauren, are you putting those things in the Facebook comment section? No, can you, I didn't, can you, I, can I you, yeah, I um I would love to do it, but I can't figure out how to do it. Um, I want to talk about like on the Reads and Weeds page, or yeah, just on the or Claire, can you go on the Reads and Weeds page and no, share I'm on those it right links? Now. Oh yeah, just share those links that you're sharing on the chat, but in the Facebook Live. Oh my God, another level. <laughs> um, so there's so much talk about forgiveness because in this community. Forgiveness and getting into heaven is at this point kind of like the highest calling. Mm-hmm. And they're deciding, like they discover as they're talking, I think, that they're deciding, you know, what is what is more important to us? They kind of come to this conclusion, like what is more important to us, protecting our children or being forgiven and getting into heaven? And then they start debating kind of the whole nature of forgiveness. If the forgiveness is forced, then it doesn't even matter, you know, like if the men don't ask us for forgiveness, are we just supposed to forgive, you know? And so I was curious what you thought about that, Stacey. 
because you're like in the forgiveness business, <laughs> you know, business. <laughs> I think, I mean, Are that's you? what I, it, well, she's a pastor, you know what I'm, I mean? But is so, that, but I'm sorry. Is that one in the same? I, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I, no, I'm asking. I, I, I don't, yeah. I, I wonder. So I, um, I mean, I don't know. I've never called it the forgiveness business. <laughs> That's yeah, Shelly's yeah. language. <laughs> That's my language, my language. So, I mean, I think the, the, the concept of forgiveness is one of the um, most difficult things and the way it is, the way it is wielded. Um, one of the things I love about the book, this book, is that the women are themselves doing doing theology, which they've yeah. been taught uh, is. I mean, that's what men do. The women can't read or write. Um, they can't read the Bible themselves. They've they've said that they obey the men because the men say that the Bible says that's what they're supposed to do. So to me, that's one of the, one of the big themes in the book to me is exploring, um, uh, power and what, what, um, what props up power and the role of story and, and language in, uh, propping up that power. And they, you know, here are women talking and in their talking, they are taking power and action. And part of what they are doing is themselves formulating um, what what does forgiveness mean? What role does mm-hmm. it play? And yeah. it, uh, you know, one of the abuses of religion, and this is one of the things I was going to say earlier is I, I think it's easy it would be easy to read a book like this and and say this is it's an extreme community and it's an extreme example of mm-hmm. abuse and to see this as somehow different from what happens in less extreme forms of religious community yeah. but i think um you know the the uh patriarchy is everywhere <laughs> violation, violence, and abuse are everywhere. And it actually, um, it can be more difficult when the forms are, are subtler, it can be more difficult to see and to, to work yeah. through it. And yeah. the thing about, uh, yes, forgiveness is like a core, is at the core of Christian teaching. Mm-hmm. And yet, the way it has been used um, by those with power, the way the, the teaching exactly. and the have been has been used by that those with power is um, to continue to shore up power and yes. the, like demand to demand it or to teach Ooh. it to those who have to who stay in a position of less power uh, oh, or yeah. of having been violated. Oh um, yeah. Well, and it's like, so, so I was thinking like, there's so many different ways to look at forgiveness, but if you're in a community where you either think, um, my job is to forgive, 
Whereas sort of my spiritual journey has headed more towards I am forgiven. Do you know what I mean? Like removing shame from me Mm -hmm. by either whatever's been done to me or whatever I've done to other people. If you can replace shame with forgiveness, then you're very much closer to being free. And if you Mm -hmm. understand that that's kind of where you're heading, but the, you've got to forgive this person who's controlling you or whatever, Mm -hmm. they do such a good job. The women do such a good job. And this was one of the things I wrote down about difference between intelligence and education because there was this couple of precious moments. So these women can't read or write. Mm -hmm. You find out more and more about things like, um, obviously they're wise. Obviously Mm -hmm. they know how to do all these things. Obviously they run this entire community. Uh, They know everything, Mm -hmm. right? But they're uneducated. They have like dozens of children and they work the land. They they they, do everything. They know They know the animals. They know how to work with the animals. They know, yes. And and they're they're smart. But every once in a while, there's this precious (laughs) thing where you see the difference between intelligence and education. And they're like, you know, one of the cons, they do pros and cons of staying or leaving, right? And one of the cons is we don't have a map to any place. We don't even know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's such mm-hmm. like precious humanity mm-hmm. because they're obviously mm-hmm. these highly intelligent women. And when he's like, hey, I think I can get a map in the town over. They're like, well, what? You don't say, you know, like you, you really think there's a map in that community and then mm-hmm. how would we get the map like mm-hmm. it's such a big deal the idea that he might be able yeah. to get a map that then They're they might be able to trace though it's yeah I think yes. that that's part of it that you're just like oh my god you're so vulnerable mm-hmm. and you're so oh mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway thoughts on but I mean, any of that I, I just <laughs> I want to say, I think that to me, one of the questions about just the whole concept of forgiveness is uh, what is it for? What, what is the, what is the goal of forgiveness Mm -hmm. when we, when we're talking about forgiveness and in this situation in the book, the, the leaders of the, the religious leader of the community and the other men wanted the women to forgive their attackers um, and you know, for the men to be able to just, for those attackers, what, to just like come back into the community and everything be, I mean, they wanted the, the purpose of forgiveness. Yeah. The purpose of forgiveness was for (laughs) everything to go back to To normal. Yeah. And that isn't how, uh, like, if you, if you really think about like the Christian teaching of forgiveness, like Jesus and forgiveness is not about like shoring up power no. among the powerful. Right. It's not about uh, perpetuating systems of violation and abuse. Um, yeah. Exactly so, yeah. Uh, can I, <laughs> I feel like I'm literally going to be playing devil's advocate <laughs> for this entire episode, but I mean, we can't. <laughs> We can't actually ignore that um, quite often religious communities, that's where predators find their prey. And Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that, of course, 
it's, we're, you know, we're talking about the Catholic church, but we're talking about lots of different mm-hmm. religious organizations where belief is linked to abuse and that can make it like times power higher. Um, mm-hmm. And even if we reference like Salome, right, for example, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anger and not forgiving, that is an okay <laughs> response as well. Yeah. And I think if, yeah. we, if we look at the history of, you know, that turns people away from religion, that turns mm-hmm. people away from the church and, it, or, you know, oh, or it yeah. turns, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, this is, you know, my therapist actually, she knows about like the show. We talked about this. We talked about this book, this episode, and she's very religious. Um, and I think that she even acts as a pastor in her, mm-hmm. But we've had this conversation about forgiveness all the time, about like, in order to get well, like, do you have to forgive in order to, you know, do this? And it's like, you know, I don't, I personally don't believe you do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I understand, I mean, that's just my worldview and like, that's, but like, I think it's interesting in the context of religion and saying like, this is what like your religion tells you what to do. Um, but the idea that the power dynamic like it was it was like perverting your religious beliefs in a way right oh yeah Mm. well most there's a lot of religious groups that perverse pervert the message frankly i mean there's they're they're absolutely it's it's, yeah but but what i think is what i think is interesting is that that for them in the context of this book it's just really a very practical consideration that's up on the board you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. okay option one because this is at this point in their life this is their belief system and then like Stacey was saying like as they're talking and it's so great as they're talking they're uncovering the fact that they know what they want to do you know they know they understand they understand that if they stay it won't be stay and forgive it will be putting themselves into the direct line of wanting to murder someone. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really what they're saying. They're saying like, Mm -hmm. well, if we stay, it's not going to be a peaceful situation, you know? So to think Mm -hmm. we're going to stay and it's going to be peaceful is, is false. Like the great thing about them in this room is they're all being 100% honest. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody, nobody's trying to be cool. Like the, there's being honest. If they're pissed Mm -hmm. off, they're pissed off. If they're judgy of what the other person said, they're doing that. Like they're not really being polite or mm-hmm. holding mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And so what I loved about the way this was written is you could have, somebody could have said, I want to write a book about those women in Bolivia, right? Those men and I women. And they could have made the entire thing about them being victims. Mm-hmm. It, it, every single page could have been just about injustice. But it's almost like injustice in a human world is a given and power abuses and things like that are kind of a given. We're a fallen world. The book is about the women and, and their human desire to like live a life, you know, it's, it's, and so it's just them very practically deciding to save themselves just, and they do it in two days, you know what I mean? In two mm-hmm. days, they're just like hashing out, entering a completely different world that they've never encountered. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so impressive because while they're doing it, they also, one of the things I like about this writer 
if you read this, I hope you take note of this, is she puts in the little details that remind mind you that they're just humans discussing a decision, right? Mm. The, the t- teenagers are bored. They're braiding their hair together. <laughs> they're they're jump pretending to jump out the window. One woman's trying to you know hide her smoking habit. Um, you know they're kind of ribbing each they're other. They're all looking bit. over their shoulders for mm-hmm. the men. Come- Coming up the hill, you know. Yeah, that, that's what I'm that seeing. Come back that they're gonna find they're out. They're humans. They're, they're, they're like, we don't just, have time. Yeah. It's very, you know, chaotic. Yeah. And then they're just they're like, of, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. They're victims of domestic violence, also, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, like, it, like it, to an extreme, to like where it's actually described, right? Like. Uh, it says my internet's unstable. I hope you guys can still hear me. No, no, no. Um, so it, I, I, I know that like I am picking up on all of those little stims and 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 anxiousness of like with people that suffer from some sort of post traumatic stress. To be honest, like you know, and there's a lot of like they've been dealing with the shared experience mm-hmm. of being. Um, it's, it's not, it's, it's more than just a patriarchal society, right? Like, you know, like they have actually been put in a terrible place where they've been um, abused and disrespected and, and kept at this certain, you know, so to me, it's, it's like, you know, women at a shelter, like, mm-hmm. or like before, like deciding they're going to leave an mm-hmm. abuser, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. oh yeah. And, and the details, I mean, I took, I, t- I highlighted in my Kindle and I have like all these notes, but like, I mean, they're, there's anger and they lash out at each other as a way mm-hmm. to express the feelings mm-hmm. like, you know, because they were supposed to be a certain way mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. the, and, and all of that crumbles, like they're like what they believed oh, yeah. in and their, and their community and what they love, like that crumbles when that sort of um, injustice occurs. And it's not just like the sexual abuse, but it's mm-hmm. also that like actually physical hitting or, you mm-hmm. know, being made less than, um, and they turn on each other a little bit and they fight mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I made a note of, I, I don't know how you would say it. I don't know if you'd say it like Marish or Mariche, M-A-R-I-C-H-E. Oh, I know. She's married to Klaus. And you know, through the discussion that Klaus is, is a dick, you know, you can, mm-hmm. every, every, <laughs> everyone agrees that Klaus yeah. is a dick, that he's coming back, you know? And how do how do you guys think that name is said? Marish, Marich. How, I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay. See, because mm-hmm. uh, like Salome, I knew was from the Bible, mm-hmm. and I put yeah. that in the notes. And I posted on your Facebook Live. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Like I identify with that righteous anger that that particular person has. Oh and, yeah. But also, Salome demanded the head right of John mm-hmm. the Baptist mm-hmm. and like yes. so I thought that was so now I'm, I'm wondering if there's Good something name. With, well uh, what I what I Greece. what I noticed about Mary Che what, whatever her name is is that she takes she lashes out at August her anger gets directed mm-hmm. at August and, and it's interesting is she will okay if somebody says something about class she gets a little protective, but I feel like she directs her male anger at August Mm -hmm. because she can't do it any other way. Mm -hmm. And she puts him down, even though he's just standing there not harming her. She's, it's very interesting to see where people are taking comfort from and where they're directing Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. And 
like, yeah, Salome saying like, let's kill all the men. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly realizing that her son is, mm-hmm. is a young man. Mm-hmm. And then they, 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 they ask this really thoughtful question, like, August, you teach boys, right? What do we need to know about these 12, 13 year old mm-hmm. boys? Do you think, do you think they could possibly be harmful or should they come mm-hmm. with us? And he gives this really thoughtful answer where he's like, yeah, they have potential to be harmful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and they probably will be. And they have basically he's saying they're like horny, young, insane teenage boys that want to tackle everything. And, you, you know, mm-hmm. but he's also saying they're still in that young. They're still teachable. It's like this mm-hmm. tender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's being real. It's this really honest way of whereas if they had asked any of the other men, they would have gotten this brute answer, you know, but because August is. Mm-hmm thoughtful or softer or whatever I loved his answer of like yeah they have potential he's just completely honest he doesn't try mm-hmm. to make it any cooler than it is he's just saying yeah you're right they probably would harm you but also there's a chance they're not totally yeah. corrupt yet you know which is I was kind so of- stressed out about what was going to happen with the, the boys <laughs> I was stressed out about I mean two things. One, I was stressed out about the, um, the fact that the men might come back before they were done. Oh my God. Talking. Like I, I was just I was like, so stressed out feeling anxious about that. Mm-hmm. But then just the decision about what to do with the, with their sons. Um, and, uh, I, one of, I, I, I feel like the story, um, sort of highlights the the distinction between um, individuals and the culture that they're in. There's the culture mm-hmm. of the colony, which is patriarchal patriarchal in the extreme. And, uh, but there's a different, and I think this is something that is, is hard. Like, uh, I think it's just hard. The, that, that, men and patriarchy are not the same thing. Yeah. That that patriarchy is the system. Patriarchy is the culture and that, uh, women can, uh, yeah. Yeah. Women, um, I it mean, kind of looks like no tall men. (laughs) No tall men. Sometimes women are, Sorry, it's women, pa- women pass on the patriarchy as well. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We all suffer and men suffer. Right. Too, and men, you know, the, yeah. and yes. And so, uh, I mean, August is, I mean, is more obvious, like how he's been a victim of the patriarchy. But yeah. the question of these young teenage boys. Oh, I know. Like, such oh. a live issue. Uh, not just in what the will happen if the reality. women are gone, then, yes. the, then they, the if the, will, then they right. will be the ones who will. If the, exactly. Yeah. If the women, if, if the women don't intervene, they are resigning these young boys or young men to the fate of carrying on the patriarchy. Um, I think about that kind of thing a lot, you know, as the mother of teenage boys um, myself, you know, the 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 roles we all play as adult women and men in disrupting the culture 
yeah. versus passing on the culture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, it's a sickness, right? Like not just patriarchy, but mm-hmm. um, abuse and violence and disrespect. That's, you know, you can go back in a kind of a rotten family tree and see how those traits are passed along. And mm-hmm. it could, you could be talking about anything mm-hmm. like, you know, hitting or anything. yelling, uh, alcohol is you just any do what that. you know, you do what you know. And sure. And, but when you, but yeah. when you do have your own children, you know, especially these mothers, cause I too have a, a son mm-hmm. who's it's, there is a feeling of changing or stopping the cycle. Like to a, mm-hmm. to a degree that I almost felt like it, it. You had mentioned that, you know, the teenage girls are sort of like not paying attention and things like that. But like the, the strongest emotions I think you feel come from the women who are mothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That, oh, that yes. feel the need that they, they need to intervene to stop this particular cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the different women, because I realized that when I went back through the book the second time, one of the notes I wanted to make was like, there's very specific ways that people not, I guess one of them actually even says it like one of them says something kind of offhandedly like, well, we all, Oh, I know it is, is there's Nettie who's now Herman. She, she was was attacked. She stops talking (laughs) Mm. She, and and it's just such a heartbreaking yeah. she only speaks to children she's taking care of the children she can't be in on the meetings because she can't handle it and they need her to just communicate a couple of things and they're all very gently mm. coaching her to communicate with them and also respecting the fact that she's decided to be a male to have a male name and to mm-hmm. not speak anymore and one of them just kind of says well everyone handles handles things differently we all handle suffering differently or something they just say it very mm. yes they will like be tossed away yeah. no i highlighted that too yeah you did yeah which is it later in the book i feel like it's later well so on i i highlighted something specific it's on page 93 um okay i think august must be talking but she's referred to Right, as like a dumb cough, like someone who's yeah. like, you know, um, head. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think it's it's more of like someone who's mentally challenged to a degree. Oh, and it is. says, Nettie's unusual behavior, giving herself a boy's name and speaking only to children, is an understandable response to the prolonged and especially horrific attacks she endured. Mm-hmm. That's August mm-hmm. saying that, but the women also yeah. totally accept that behavior. That's a lot of that. Well, yeah. listen, and then yeah. The thing that I really wanted to just to, when we're talking about these characters, I think to rem, like for me, going back to how they're symbolic, the two characters of the young child that's really sick, physically, physiologically very sick, and Nettie, who, uh, you know, has mm-hmm. mentally gone off kind of in an extreme. So for me, when we're talking about both of those characters, I think symbolically they stand for like the worst of it, kind of, mm. you know what I mean? Um, so for yeah. when we're like, when we're talking about that, but I'm thinking about that, those interactions and the tenderness that they take with both of those characters. Yeah. Well, well even Salome, who's like the super fiery, like mm. ready to fight and be like, ah, stop being stupid. Rah. Like right after the quote that Lauren just read, um, 
understandable response. And then Mary says, we're all victims. And Salome, this is the quote. True, Salome says, but our responses are varied and one is not more or less appropriate than the other. Mm -hmm. And she says this real like, you know, fair thing, like right there. And she gives that to that situation. So it Mm -hmm. gives Salome this, her character is really, they're all full. You know what I mean? She takes a minute to make them all full. The nobody is one dimensional, I guess is what I'm saying. There's no, because I would imagine if I would have seen this on the news. Hi, puppy. (laughs) Yeah. They're all complex. They're all complex. complex. Like both kind of protagonists and antagonists, you know, all pulling in all different directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of both directions or whatever. Yeah. Well, and Salome is also the mother of Meep, the child you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Like like a three or four year old that was violently sexually abused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, because like, yes, like anger can be righteous and anger is driving, but you know, like, I feel like Salome kept agitating the group because of her, you know, like to move to action because of the yeah. ultimate right. absolute rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was on that edge of yeah. losing her shit. She was well, she be tried the first to, yeah. person to Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the scythe. Yeah, they say that that mm-hmm. it was Salome yeah. trying to take the scythe or whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. murder all the men. Yeah, she's the reason why the why they let him turned him over to the police. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. So, the first so, time, the only time the police had ever been called to that community was to yeah. save those attackers from a woman. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So, um. Who else can we talk about? So we've got, um, like, the the arguments. Oh, wait. What I'm curious about is the arguments that they they put forth, right? Because it's this wonderful... (laughs) This is going to be a really dumb thing to compare it to, but, like... In 12 Angry Men, right, (laughs) there's just a jury sitting around a table in one room and everybody's on one side and then slowly everybody turns. And so it's just a whole bunch of men talking, 12 Angry Men. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because really all that happens is that they're trying to change each other's mind and they're Mm -hmm. doing it through this extreme emotion, but they also have to do it in two days, which means they have to make a plan what, what's interesting about the the filling out of the characters is they'll say things like um there's this girl she's really really good at walking on fences she also knows how much stuff can fit into a container you know like they're mm-hmm. the way this community is described as um like one of the teenagers is the artist like she draws out the pictures that mm-hmm. they're voting on and she does that for some other thing too I think and then um at some point this it becomes this very practical thing like if we're going to decide debate and get ready to leave it means like horses and 
packing and mm-hmm. food. And it also means deciding on the right lie. And you get this very quick conversation where they say, like, tell them where that the, 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 they're foaling. And he's like, well, they knew they didn't mate last year. They can't be foaling. Okay, okay, we won't use that lie. We'll use women in the next village having a hard labor and we have to go help them. That's what we'll use. And they realize, like, that's the lie that will work because the men are not going to bother with that. Like Mm -hmm. they care more about the animals than the women that might be having trouble giving birth. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to use that. It's going to be our story. Not this. Like taboo and very just, you know, she mentions that one of their husbands, you know, they think that 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 is what women are the devil, you know, Mm -hmm. because the, you know, we bleed and don't die, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it does that pretty, you know, in there at least once, if not twice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh so, yeah, one yeah. of them's one of them's husband doesn't understand it. They're mm-hmm. afraid of it. He's afraid. Something. He's yeah. afraid of it. Yeah. Wow. So, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know this, so right, that. This, this eternal maternal wisdom that women carry that men are essentially afraid of and so in that fear and of losing their power they do all this other shit and here we have patriarchy which is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely, you know fast track us to destroying the planet and mm-hmm. each other and Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the things when you were talking about Ona being the voice of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so early on, um, so this is something very interesting about Ona. This is early on when they're just making their pros and cons lists. Like if we, wait a minute, if the cons for, Staying, staying and fighting. The cons are like, we won't be forgiven. We don't know how to fight. We don't want to fight. There is a risk that conditions will be worse. And then they're, so they're going back and forth talking about like, what would be the, could we win the fight? You know, is that even an option? And it gets to, Ona is about to elaborate on a statement. And the teenagers who are normally wary of Ona because Ona is thought to have lost her fear, Mm. which is akin for colonists for having lost one's mental compass and been Mm. transformed into a demon. Mm. And now they're listening to her. And she says, this is amazing. It's very simple, says Ona. She tosses off a few ideas. Men and women will make all decisions for the colony collectively. Women will be allowed to think. Girls will be taught to read and write. The schoolhouse must display a map of the world so that we can begin to understand our place in it. A new religion extrapolated from the old but focused on love will be created by the women of Malashna. And you find out. Yeah, it's just like, so. oh, it's just simple. But then mm-hmm. you realize that she learned that almost verbatim from August's mm-hmm. mother, mother, who got kicked out of the right. colony for propaganda. For the same thing. For the same right. thing. Right. And then, she, and then, uh, and then, you know, 
like Mariche accuses Ona of being a dreamer immediately. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she says, we are women without a voice, Ona states calmly. We are women out of time and place, without even the language of the country we reside in. We are Mm -hmm. Mennonites without a homeland. We have nothing to return to, and even the animals of our Malashna are safer in their homes than the women. Mm-hmm. All we women have are our dreams. So, of course, we are dreamers. Mm-hmm. And so, it's very interesting, this kind of, they think, they equate fearlessness kind of with insanity. Mm-hmm. And it's that's so fascinating to me, because every time Ona speaks, they're sort of like, there's that crazy woman again, mm-hmm. you know, even within the women. Yeah. And it's right. like, right. Well, yeah. Right. And I, I read it. I read an interview with the author who was talking about, I mean, she grew up in not this extreme of a situation, but I think some kind of similar, um, more, uh, insular type religious community. And the worst thing you could say about, a girl or woman was um, the word wild. She was wild. And oh, really? Um, yeah. And she talked about <laughs> wild female imagination. And maybe oh, sounds like witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the idea that, um, that for a woman to dream, for a woman to have ideas is a wild thing. And of course, they get like, and in, in, in the real actual event that events that this is based on, the women were like dismissed, you know, this, they call them ghost rapes in, in news stories, which is like this dismiss, like you're just gaslighting, imagining things. Yes. The whole, the oh whole, my gosh, that's what I'm saying, man, female experience <laughs> and the word, um, you know, word like the word wild, the word hysteria, those kinds of things are just mm-hmm. like shorthand for, uh, yeah, you're crazy. You're making this crazy up. Crazy ex-girlfriend. You, you didn't really, you don't really know what happened or you didn't understand. Yeah. Gaslighting is very, is a trauma in itself. Oh um, yeah. So oh, yeah, that's, so that's why this, you know, it can be particularly, um, personal or trigger I mean, to anyone, right? Because mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's greater trauma than the act itself, but it's the way that people respond or do oh, not yeah. respond to your pain or, or, or what have you. So mm-hmm. not being seen or not, be, you know, or not feeling careful, like all of those things and being stuck in that, that can cause mm-hmm. this incredible reaction, I would yeah. say. It is um, a re-trauma or a new, newly traumatizing, an additional continualization. Trauma. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and those I put that in the chat too. Like the, it, it, you were just discussing, like the different the ways that the different women interact with one another. Like, um, so and they all seem to signify those trauma responses, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are fighting. Sometimes you freeze or sometimes you fawn, like you're saying, Marie, like, you know, like, no, we're supposed to be this and that we're supposed to love our husbands. We're supposed to forgive, right? And people want to run away or people do nothing Mm -hmm. or, you know, like Uh salivating. They're like, no, 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 we're going to fight. And those are all like textbook trauma responses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just thought it's interesting. And one to me, part of the power of what they're doing, you know, at one point they're saying, you know, there's, 
there's no plot. We're just, we're just, we're only women talking. We're only women talking. Um, but that is the power. That is the powerful thing they do. Uh, or the first power it is the foundational powerful thing they do is in a room together and tell the truth. Oops. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. You sound better actually. Oh wait, now I can't hear you. Wait, no. What happened? Wait, now you're coming in and out. No, okay. good. Now can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry about that. Um, they, which is like the antidote to gaslighting, the antidote to being dismissed, um, to either not being yeah. believed or being told that, that you're, that what happened to you or what you're saying about it or what you're feeling about it either is false or doesn't matter. Um, yeah, like the antidote to that is to be able to tell the truth and yes. hear it and tell their truth. And there's someone in the book said, I wrote this quote down, but I don't have the page number. There must be satisfaction gained in accurately naming the thing that torments you. I just, yes. Accurately mm-hmm. naming. And I mean, I think like even apart from gaslighting and and power and patriarchy i think like that's something powerful no matter what like that we i think we struggle even with messages in ourselves apart from what anybody how anyone else may be treating our stories or our experiences it is hard to uh face and accurately name Avoidance. The was yeah. It, it, we defend it's avoidance. It's yeah. common, right? So I don't know what it says about me that. So so when I think about um, being triggered or not triggered, being angry or not angry, and I don't know what this says about me, but there's a level of like, oh, you're surprised that people do horrible things to each other. Is that what it is? Is it surprise? It's like, for me, it's like, I'm not surprised. It's Mm -hmm. just that you've got to figure out what to do with it in your soul. Mm -hmm. The knowledge that humans are horrible to each other in all the ways, right? So whenever, like the book right before this one was Pachinko, where generations of Koreans are just Uh suppressed by the Japanese, you know, and it's just, horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing in the book before that and the movie before that and all of our lives. And we just know that humans are horrible to each other sometimes. And so with with that kind of baseline knowledge, there's like degrees of horrible, there's levels of horrible, and there's also like love and community and humanity and all that. So does that mean I've found peace with things or does that mean that I'm jaded a little of both you know it's it's no it's no fascinating I, to me in our own ways yeah exactly yeah, yeah, to quote, yeah. yeah I think but sometimes when we so there I think there's like Brene Brown just talked about this right like you cannot um rate suffering you can't say well I shouldn't feel this because mm-hmm. everybody else has it much worse here you know what I mean yeah. so I it, it it's all suffering and acknowledgement. Um, and yeah. we all deal or don't deal with things in our own way, right? Like Claire just said, like the book says. Mm-hmm. And 
I think it depends on where you are because there's a big part about um, avoidance of trauma, um, uh, how you disassociate from trauma to survive. Um, Mm -hmm. In addition to codependence, that's another deep part of that, right? And so, um, I mean, like getting to the idea that an individual who has suffered an injustice can somehow grieve for that person that they were when they suffered that injustice. Like that would be mm-hmm. a goal of getting through trauma is that you can look back and see that person, you know, and have, and, and grieve the loss of what it made you lose. Did it make you lose your childhood? Did it make you lose your home? Did it make you lose whatever it did? But, oh yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I'm literally just saying all the shit that my therapist says to me, but. <laughs> well, it's interesting when, when you sent me, Janet, when you sent me to uh, the, that first text a few days ago about, you know, we should pay attention to this, you know, very sensitive subject matter. Um, and thinking about, <laughs> I had this kind of very callous thought of like, well, if we, if we can't do this with that, it was kind of a like, well, everybody's been sexually abused. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? I had this like, well, of course mm-hmm. we're going to traumatize people, but it was, that was my first thought was like. Rationalization. Yeah. No, no. It was just like, I'm thinking surely everybody knows how this feels. I know everybody doesn't know how it feels and I know there's degrees, but but my first thought was kind of a shocking, not callousness, but just like I would assume that more people have been horribly traumatized than not. Mm-hmm. That w- That is my assumption from living in the world mm-hmm. and traveling the world and reading. And do you know what I mean? I would be really surprised if somebody wasn't at least a little traumatized. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about a book like this, why it holds power for me is that, um, I will throw this in stark contrast since we're talking about the the patriarchy. I learned a term this week that maybe you guys already know called incel. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that means? Gross. That means I know gross, but we were, we were, uh, I was with a couple of people today and somebody goes, you know, this guy, he was like an incel. She was talking about this guy who yelled at her at Costco or something, got really, really mad because yeah. he, bu- she bumped into him at Costco and she's like, you know, this guy was an incel. And this other girl in the room goes, oh yeah, exactly. And me and my friends were like, what, what is that? And then of course I looked up this thing in voluntary cel- celibate. There's these men who they take rejection from a woman and they turn it into anger and terror and all that. And they, and they Serial feel justified and yeah. And so there's a reaction to trauma, right? Their trauma is like, nobody loves me. I deserve to be loved. Women have bullied me my entire life. It made me feel like nothing. And their suffering is this thing and they're mm-hmm. choosing to do this thing with it. Right. Mm-hmm. These women have suffered and they're trying to decide what to do with it. So what I like about this book is a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're doing it right now Mm. in this pandemic, everybody's Mm. suffering and they have to decide, am I going to bitch on Facebook? Mm -hmm. Am I going to get fat? Mm -hmm. Am I going to plan the rest of my life really over aggressively? Am I going to surrender 
Am I going to stay in contact with a few friends? Like everybody right now is reacting to a suffering and they're choosing some way that works for them. And it's this book, reading this book right now made me think that there's a, you can do nothing. There's like the do nothing ladies who are just like, uh, we're just going to stay here. And, um, you, you know what I mean? They can't even, that's, they, they're going to freeze. That's the people who refuse to wear fucking masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Or, or it could be the people who just, they've been told to stay inside and they'll never move again, ever. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They'll develop agoraphobia and they'll never see another human being the rest of your life. It could be either one of those things. But my point is this book is women practicing practically hashing out how they are going to practically respond to a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And I need more of that in my life mm-hmm. of like, okay, I, yeah, but thing that just happened. And I need to be a thoughtful woman about it. And these are these women talking about it's, that's what I love about the way this book is laid out is that they're, and then they leave. Do you know what I mean? And they have to make all of these spiritual decisions. They have to make all these relationship decisions. They have to make all these practical decisions. And then they have to do something. And it's it was just, it hit me in that way of like, that's what everybody is trying to do mm-hmm. a lot of their life. And yeah. So anyway, that was a big overlying thought for me was like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What, and, 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 you know, they're, they're talking about the real actual things that they care about through this lens of trauma and anger, which is the way a lot of people in the world are making decisions mm-hmm. about their divorce, about their house burning down, about a mob hit, like about their family being killed in a wreck, you know, like whatever it is, that's what we are trying to do on a regular basis which is why I think this book has such wide appeal, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. Silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Silence. No, it's, 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 yeah. This book is, is, is not hitting. And, and, um, I don't know. I would, I would recommend any, every woman to, I mean, Are part of me kind of feels like it's, what? Hello. We're here. Yeah. Your hey, friends. Can you all hear Claire? We can hear you. Hello. There you go. Oh, okay, okay. You were frozen. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't hear what Claire of, said. No, I just, part of me feels like this is like a low-key call to arms. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. What kind of like what do you imagine like the, the key. Call to arms is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it just feels um, uh, I don't know. Were I, you I'm on the Hope really... in the Dark show? Claire, were you on the Hope in the Dark show? I don't yes. You mean Rebecca Solnit? Yeah. That... Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I read that, and I'm pretty sure I did the did the that episode. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it does feel, it feels like it's in, it feels like it's written in a a vein, you know, like it feels like it it is timely. It feels, you know, in, in that kind of way that something like, right, like Shakespeare or like Greek tragedy is timeless. So mm-hmm. it it has that maybe that's just why mm-hmm. it feels that way because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, yeah, I mean if this were an actual play that you went to see, mm-hmm. I I do feel like that would be people would walk out of it like what the fuck you know <laughs> like, I I think that, I think that it would really caused people to and it has you know I think it really has caused people to think oh it's huge you know yeah so that's kind of why I say like in in a way that art does which is it's not always like okay we'll meet in the square at three o'clock and then we fucking burn everything down um you know, it, it it's a matter of like changing people's minds first, and really like only opening mm. people's eyes up mm. to what is. Mm. Yes, yeah, and that's sort of like kind of what's happening right now mm-hmm. is that like all the shit is really just so obvious, and the light is just mm-hmm. shining on everything that we're doing Amen. wrong, mm-hmm. and that we you know that we can be doing that we're not you know so um, the scales are falling yeah. off the eyes yeah i i like that clara i think you're on to something about the low-key call to arms <laughs> um i i mean i definitely at least um like in terms of religion definitely see that um there's so at one point in the book they're talking about uh that I can't remember who says it but it's like authority makes people cruel and then a different in a different place it's August I think who says that the twin pillars of religion are storytelling and cruelty and I link that with what is said about authority making people cruel because I think that that's like um, the problem with religion in our world, for the most part, isn't uh, the stories themselves, the, re- the the teachings within the religion. It is what gets done with those stories by the people who have the power, which, you know, the yeah. religious authorities or in some cases, the political authorities who have religious power as well. And... Ona, I mean, yeah, Ona, when she's like imagining, well, maybe we could stay and here's what we would get them to agree to. And she's like, basically mm-hmm. a religion that's like this, 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 and this. Um, yeah. She's like. Seems simple. It, like this is, this is what is at stake in the book for the women. And I think in religious communities in general, but also like in our country right now. What is the version of reality that we can agree on? And you see it. uh, Oh, my God. Is the version of reality that uh, we are 
um, like living under a tyrant who's making us stay home. So we need to take up arms and go to the Capitol because we don't believe, you know, this is all a hoax and we believe, you know, or, or what, like, and that's why to me, like women talking <laughs> is the, is the yeah. power. That is the power right there is women meaning yeah. like not the patriarchy, not the people who already have the power, the power that exactly. has made them cruel and that through cruelty, they were going to try to maintain, but women dreaming of another reality that they're going to talk about or, you know, that they are going to agree on. That's yes. my sermon. Oh my <laughs> That was a good sermon. Well, <laughs> and and women talking and being very like diplomatic and honest and not just making each other ashamed because of actions that you the way you're parenting or making mm -hmm. you ashamed because you're not a vegetarian or maybe like women talking and going okay 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 we can't do it that let's mm -hmm. write a list let's let's mm -hmm. get it together let's mm -hmm. let's make this better it's um, so. I am feeling like we're we should be wrapping up because it's mm -hmm. about six. Um, and I and I have this image in my mind. I can't remember where it comes in the story. I feel like August sometimes while he's taking notes just interjects with these strange stories that sometimes are fitting, but often just leave the women like, huh, okay, you know. But one of the things that he is talking about is dragonflies. Um, travel for thousands of miles and when they finally get mm -hmm. to their destination it's like their grandchildren are the ones do, do you know what i mean if a dragonfly yeah. sets off for a location a, a multi-generational journey a multi-generational journey and he tells this story in the in like the middle of the book and the second time i read it um oh exactly yeah the, the way he's such an ally, isn't he? And he suffers as well. And it's very interesting, but he, the, the story of generations till your destinations, leaving the corpses behind, that just hit me like a rock because he is handing her this book and saying, mm -hmm. take all this with you. And one of them's going like, what are we going to do with all the stuff you wrote? Just use it as kindling. And he's like, her daughters will read them. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, mm -hmm. like, this is the journey. They're leaving. You know, the horse, the back of the horse is going away. They're leaving. And and it's and with the expectation that the next generation will be different and that next generation will be different. And so mm -hmm. your grandchildren will be different. Right. And and that's the decisions they're making. The decisions they're making are not just about them. The decisions they're making is about what kind of future they're going to create or allow to do yeah. this. Yeah, and what is practical, at some point one of them says, we, we, we have to do the thing for the people we love or the people that hurt us. And one of them says, well, what about when the people that hurt us are the people that we love? Mm -hmm. And because they're also wrestling with the fact that these are their brothers and their mm -hmm. uncles and their, and how, confusing that is mm -hmm. to, to unpack you know so mm -hmm. so anyway dang okay so women talking the, mm -hmm. the title is us it's what here. we've been doing <laughs> <laughs> it's what we've been doing it's often this show is women <laughs> talking um 
sometimes there's men and that's also fine, but if you haven't read it, um, it could be triggering. Um, it also could be, I mean, it could be triggering for a lot of ways, but right now, uh, it also might be a feel like you're not alone in <laughs> struggle and suffering, mm -hmm. understanding it's a human condition and that there's a lot of strength in the book. There's a lot of strength in the women. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I say, read this, find some women to talk to about it, argue about it, uh, <laughs> write about it, make choices like a strong woman about it. I really appreciate you guys. I really needed a good, intelligent conversation. I needed, <laughs> I needed to talk to some good women. <laughs> it was good. Anybody else have any other announcements, suggestions, final thoughts? Um, this was cool. Thanks for inviting me to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. really? You're welcome. I would love to talk to you and see you more. Yeah. I know how busy you are, but you look great. Thank you. Great to see your face. I wish we were hanging out in that tiny classroom Seriously. doing stupid things together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, being silly for three hours. So yeah, whenever you're ready, this has been Reads and Weeds. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. Let us know what you are reading. Let us know how you're doing, what state you're in. Um, if you've read it, what you thought, um, say hi. Tell us about cannabis news in your state, et cetera. Um, thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you so much, Shelly. And uh, here we go with this again.